Hey everybody, welcome back to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast where we take popular properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. I'm, I'm Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's redo that. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Tanner. Lindsay, how was your t- time? Um, I guess the... My week has been a week. What with work, and I had um, a midterm for one of my classes this week. And how did you do like, with ah, that? I think I did okay. I wish that the class next door to us wasn't so loud. Oh, no. Yeah, so it wasn't like the students themselves. It was the uh, person instructing them on how to run a catering service <laughs> for an old folks' home who spoke like a really excited kindergarten teacher, oh, no. like all the time. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, even in kindergarten, that's the worst. Mm-hmm. We need to start a national initiative to hire more kindergarten teachers with just dry wit. Yes. The kids will get it. Yep. Yeah, I have also been busy. This is the first time I've cracked this thing out of the box. My new Blue Yeti microphone. Nice. And so it were, I was worried that I'd have to like install software or something, but no, it's just plug and play. Um, the, the only, cool. like literally the only downside I'm finding is that because it's not attached to my face, I can't lean back or move forward or the volume is going to change. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's a learning curve. We'll get better. We'll get better stuff eventually. Like, listen, we're, we're not professionals. Even though I have the advertised as the professional podcast recording microphone, <laughs> we're not professionals. Yeah, and even, we when still we, need... even when we do become professionals, it's going to be a thing. Uh, I can't wait for when we're, we're doing our like first on the road oh, no. <laughs> episodes. Well, on the drive back from um, the Saskatoon convention back in September, yeah. Ryan was like, hey, do you want me to just pull out the microphone and we can record an on-the-road podcast? And you're like, this sounds like an okay idea, but have you also considered taking a nap? And Ryan's like, that's an even better idea. And he did. (laughs) Good on him. So anyway, before we actually jump into today's topic, um, I have a bit of a corrections corner from last week's episode. Oh, that... Because Dad listened. Okay, I was wondering if this was viewer submitted or not. Yeah, no, this is... Good old dad, dear old dad. Yeah. I never got any emails. That's not true. I got one email in our emails, and it was just like Twitter saying, hey, people you follow tweet. And I was like, yeah, I know. That's why yeah. we follow them. Thanks, Twitter. Thanks, Twitter. So, anyway, another reason why Pegamagaba never got anything higher than the military medal. Uh, sniping was not looked well upon by the upper echelons of the military at the time. Why Makes not? They're coming, they're coming out of a very 19th century view on how warfare should be done. Now, this view was definitely not shared by the guys actually at, in the trenches. Oh, God forbid. Got to see this in action. God forbid the Great War is fought with anything other than one-on-one duels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank God this that war got all of the notions of chivalry out of everybody. Yeah. So anyway, my theory is that by World War II, like the officers who were like lieutenants and captains at the time who become like the colonels and brigadier generals have a very different opinion on what sniping is like. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. And secondly, Canada actually has 
the reputation in the Commonwealth for being super strict about giving out VCs. As in, we haven't awarded anyone with a VC since World War II. We, have, we haven't really done any major stuff since World War II. Yeah, but you would think that with Korea, there would have at mm. least been a few, and we wouldn't be going on... In two years, it'll be 75 years, so three quarters of a century, oh, wow. since anyone has gone this award. Huh. Yeah. Well, you were saying that we're pretty stingy with most medals, just in general. Yeah. Anyway. Anywho. On to fun, happier topics. Yes, because this isn't... I was going to say, this isn't a war podcast, again, unless somehow the teen girls fighting demons and being friends <laughs> with each other somehow also dovetails into a world conflict is this is this like one of those animes where all the boats are moe girls <laughs> are you rebooting kantai collection no 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 i am rebooting one of the greatest shoujo series of all time Salem. i knew it <laughs> i put a reminder on my phone for this week that just said is it sailor moon <laughs> and it was. Because I was struggling for a bit. What do I follow up last week's kind of horrible stuff? And then I'm like, oh, fuck, I've always been wanting to do Sailor Moon. Yes. Yeah. So the idea is that this is going to be a live action version. Nice. Probably on the CW. Probably hour long episodes. I, I, I already dig it. The, the CW is the best for, I think, feel like a lot of anime adaptation. Yeah. Because they, they've reached the point where, like, they don't really care about genres or i mean they care about ratings obviously but it's like they're just gonna do whatever they want really yeah you look at the the dc shows when as soon as legends of tomorrow realized it was a comic book show with also time travel and just went off the rails <laughs> and which yeah. became its new rails yeah and even on the more serious shows you still have everyone a whole bunch of bisexual icons living their bisexual lives yes also another reason why i wanted to do this is because there have been rumors going around since probably buffy that joss whedon wanted to do a salem moon adaptation and i'm like he's probably not gonna do it anytime soon no. but just in case let's propose our idea he's too busy making new buffy oh god well can you, mm, <clears throat> i'm gonna give it a well, chance because yeah, he's not the actual showrunner, he's just, like, a producer. Yeah. His name has to be and, on there somewhere, because he made the thing. Yeah. Yeah, like, he knows the series inside and out, so... It's just... It's in kind of safe hands, it's just... And it... Because the showrunner also is a black woman, and it's going to be about a black Buffy. Okay. And that's the thing, it's not a black Slayer, it's a black Buffy. Okay. So it, it could... It could turn out well, it's just people are concerned, because Joss Whedon has been, like, semi-me-tooed. But a lot of people are kind of wanting to ignore that because he got a lot of, like, he opened the door enough for some 90s feminism for other people to get their feet in. But he really yeah. hasn't moved forward since Buffy. Yeah, that's probably his biggest fault when it comes to being a feminist ally. He is stuck in the 90s. There's a lot of people like that. It's kind of like his generation because, like, the ladies from Charmed... Like, original Charmed are rather stuck in 90s feminism. Yes. well, 90s, 2000s feminism. I, th I think at least one of them turned around and said she was going to support New Charmed, which, New Charmed is good, but I'm still, like, two or three episodes behind. Yeah. Um, I don't have the channel that has it, so I gotta find some other methods of watching it. What I'm hoping is that it shows up on Netflix around, like, the winter break, mm -hmm. because that would be nice. Anyway, Sailor Moon! <laughs>
Fighting evil by Moon Knight. Winning love by daylight. You got a bunhead idiot of a leader. <laughs> okay, she isn't a complete and utter moron, but dear God, is she a 14-year-old girl? Usagi. Oh, we have to keep the slapstick. Yes. She has so this many is, pratfalls. This is going to be a fun, light... Okay, it sometimes goes into, like, actual, you know, real-world topics and all that sort of stuff, but we're keeping it light. Are keeping we keeping Sailor Says? <laughs> oh, why not? <laughs> Unless Deke says otherwise. <laughs> Remember, kids, sometimes life is hard, and sometimes that stray cat that you tried to raise turns into a demon monster. So always make sure to spay and neuter them. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. God, do you remember that episode? Vaguely, like... Oh, okay, so it was, it was like, during the Rainbow Crystal arc, where it was, like, oh, okay. the, all the people had Rainbow Crystals, and, like, if you removed it, then they turned into a monster. And so yeah. then Sailor Moon had to use her powers to demonstrify them, and one of the Rainbow Crystal shards was inside a cat. And it was, like, this ugly, fat, blue cat. Now I remember it. And like the whole Ugh. the whole A plot is Luna getting chased around town by a whole bunch of other horny cats. And oh, then the no. blue cat defends her. And then whoever yeah. it is, which whichever quirky mini boss they have during that week, shows up and takes the rainbow crystal out of the blue cat. And he turns into like this buff, like Bashonen cat, but like this really <laughs> gnarly face. And so then Sailor Moon has to fight him, but he's still in love with Luna. Oh, oh yeah. I love OG Sailor Moon. And that tone is what we're going to keep. I had some notes. Not a lot of notes because I'm like, you know, let's keep the spirit of the original. Let's have this fun show that's about, you know, Usagi, who's not the greatest of heroes. She's a fucking crybaby airhead. Yeah. She gets better. She improves. Yeah. Character development. Yeah, that's the thing. Our biggest thing is going to be about character. Character growth. We're going from a kind of whiny, crybaby, airheaded teenage teenager, probably about 14, 15 years old, into a self-confident young woman who is ready to become the neo-queen of the Silver Millennium. <laughs> Rule over the space moon. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking about Let's just do this whole hog. Let's set it in the States. I don't know what the budget would be to set it in Japan. It would be easier to set it in the States, just logistically. Yeah. Because if we did, like, I'm fine. If if this was us going to Japan and helping them make a new Sailor Moon, a new Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, Yeah. because they did already try live action. Yeah. Um, Which was radically different from everything else in the canon. But, like, there's, there's a certain charm to it. Yes. Like... I, I like how their hair doesn't go super weird until they transform. Yeah. But I would also like if we were doing that to just keep like, oh yeah, that's Amy. Like, her roots are bra her roots are blue. Yeah, well, we can have Amy, you know, she is quiet and shy, but she, she likes to dye her blue. That's her thing. No, I'm thinking like, just display the hair completely straight. <laughs> it's like e even random extras have random hair colors. <laughs> Why are they like this? Well, because we're in an anime TV show, and so that's just how it be. Yeah. Well, I was also thinking of various other reasons why we could justify various strange things with the costuming and all that. Um, 
I actually did some research into like where there were large populations of Japanese Americans. So I came up with a couple cities that we could set this in. Okay. Honolulu, Los Angeles, San Francisco, or Seattle. I was also trying to coordinate with places that also have Shinto shrines. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. And Hawaii has a lot. I would really like a Hawaii because then I don't want to whitewash anyone, but I also don't want to keep it 100%. I mean, yes, 100% Asian cast would be pretty sweet, but I would like to throw in some other diversity too. Yeah. Like, I was thinking the characters who are guaranteed to be Japanese Americans in this would be Usagi and Rei. For sure. Usagi, because, well, she's the main hero, and how many shows out there have an Asian American female lead? Especially a superhero show. Uh, none. Or, no. Well, you could say you could say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Even then, like, the problem with Daisy's character is that you don't find out that she's half Chinese until a lot later, yeah. and her actress is very ambiguously brown. Yes. Whereas it's Ming-Na like, Wen. Yeah. And, yeah. like, you, Daisy's kind of like the, the thir- third protagonist? Yeah. And the, f- yeah. the fact remains that, like, even though she's half Chinese, she doesn't have any, like, connection to Chinese heritage. Yeah. Like, even and when then... she does meet her mom, it's more about learning about inhuman culture, not Chinese culture. Because yeah. Jiaying didn't even have connection to Chinese culture, as far as I can tell. Yeah, like, it, it wasn't a big part of who she is. Yeah. So, yeah, Usagi, as, like, the main character, we're gonna keep her Japanese. Uh, Rei, because of obvious cultural reasons, are obvious. Yeah. Everyone else, I would say open it up to whoever i would say maybe have um oh shoot what's venus's real name uh minako she could be japanese or half japanese because i do like the idea of her already being like an idol yeah and then everyone else as i said we could open it up um i would definitely like uh mamaru tuxedo mask to be a a man of color yes because the role that he plays as the romantic lead it generally goes to a white guy and like it would be nice for it for Mamaru to be a not white guy. And I would say let's just like say right now that all of the main characters and all of the scouts are going to be people of color. Yeah. Like the Probably. the only white people are going to be side 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 characters like Molly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if we're sitting in in Hawaii then we could regulate most of the white characters to tourists. Yeah. Well, Molly can be a transfer student. From Brooklyn. From Brooklyn. Usagi, I'm Molly. <laughs> I'm in love with Jadeite. Now I've turned <laughs> Australian. You're trying to sound like an East Ender. <laughs> <laughs> Molly's a chap now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, your mom's a slag. Yeah. <laughs> 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 And another thing that we're keeping is, like, how how hella gay this show is. Mm, this is, again, everyone living their best bisexual lives. <laughs> yeah. Everybody be flirting with everybody. Because, like, Usagi, as uh, Naoko Takuichi, the creator of Sailor Moon, has said, she is the embodiment of love. Yes. Love is her superpower. She loves everyone. And that includes regardless of gender. Like, that just kind of doubles back to what we were saying before, how she kind of starts as a failure hero. We should make it very clear that, yeah, maybe she doesn't have the strength or the courage to be a Sailor Scout yet, but she's got the heart for it. Yeah. If this was, like, a Power Rangers team, she would be the Pink Ranger, who, like, keeps everyone together and, like, um, uh, what's the word? 
mediates between yeah. the arguments. But because we're saying this is the leader power, this is the most important thing on the team, not Ray's ability to kick ass or Amy's ability to know how floppy disks work. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that she is the all-loving hero. Yes. And I think from that ability to just be so loving and open towards everybody, like... A big thing in both the show and the manga is how quickly she can make friends. And she will reach out to everybody. Like, the introduction to Sailor Jupiter, uh, Makoto, um, also called Lita, in in uh, the English dub, in the original English dub. She was the new transfer student. She had a bad reputation because she got kicked out of her last school. She was... Okay, in Japan, they got a, the heightism towards women because everybody be short. Give us an Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Makoto's got to be on the football team. Yeah, like I can picture her as a statuesque Hawaiian girl. Yes. Yeah. I, well, here's the other thing with Makoto slash Lita. The most recent Sailor Moon thing I watched was actually Sailor Moon the Abridged series several years ago. <laughs> and while there are several good jokes in it, there's also like their thing is that uh, Makoto is trans and they play that for laughs. So that's like, yeah. Ah! But yeah. that just, that core concept has stuck with me, and I think it would be cool if we played that totally straight. Like, yeah. yes, she's trans, but she's still a magical girl. Yeah. That doesn't bar her from phenomenal cosmic powers. Yeah. Like, another kind of gender-ambiguous person is Haruka, uh, Sailor Uranus. Right. She presents very masculine. Like, yeah, she uses fe feminine pronouns, but we could play with um she could be non-binary yeah, we could say that she's non-binary yes because a thing like i remember watching rentasmo's video about uh sailor moon and how he points out that yeah haruka is the most butch character in the entire show but she has no problem transforming into like a girly superheroine i dig so, it so yeah i think doing that oh i just got a gr i had a great idea okay. um because obviously uh, Uranus and Neptune, they're gonna be just all up in, with each other. Hearts, yeah. hard eyes, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> but because it's in Hawaii, we could have one of them, I think it would make a lot of sense if Neptune was native Hawaiian. Like, they could both be, yeah. but definitely Neptune yeah. for sure. Um, because yeah. uh, if one of them is Hawaiian, then they can refer to each other as cousin, because that's just like, yeah. that's just a thing there. <laughs> if Pokemon has taught me cousin. anything, is that you call a lot of people cousin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We said it in Hawaii, they're using all of the Hawaiian terms, like, yep. all the time. Like, it's all just the local dot. It's not... It's kind of a dialect creole pegged in. Hard to tell. I watch Hawaii Five O. <laughs> the theme song. Okay. The theme song is just the Slayer Moon theme, but with the Hawaii Five O drum roll in front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and hey uh with the hawaii 50 reboot what they did with all the episode titles was they had them in hawaiian so we could have a number of um episode titles in hawaiian mm -hmm. we can have we can do some in hawaiian some in japanese some just in english yep um let's all see sort of fun i was okay so initially i was gonna also say who was it zoisite who is gender depends on which country you're watching the show in. Okay, I'm going to TV Tropes. She's a man in Japan. <laughs> That's, this character is too pretty to be a boy. <laughs> it's like, you fools, you absolute fools. Don't you realize that Japan's number one expert is very pretty boys? 
then <laughs> um yeah so i was gonna say hey maybe maybe zoicide is non-binary but now i'm thinking maybe not have the villain be doing that yeah i think just make zoicide a girl because then also we can yeah. avoid the villainous cross-dressing trope yeah oh funny thing you should mention about um being gender neutral Zoisite being gender neutral. So in the Polish dub, they made him genderless with a neutral voice and no pronouns. Oh, good job, Poland. Yeah. Well, they've also got one of those languages where there are so many different, like, pronouns to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> like, they've got pronouns, I think, I think they do have the whole kind of German style, um, masculine, feminine, neutral. And then they got, like, the formal version, the <laughs> informal version, the Paul version, the Paul formal, the really informal. <laughs> the English, English grammar stickers are like, you can't use a singular they. Poland is like, you're a little baby. <laughs> no, the big one's Latin. They got, like, six different pronouns that take in, like, masculine, feminine, neutral and then all the levels of formality because uh, the Romans were humongous on hierarchy. The conjugations. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that when I took Latin in university, it wasn't an actual Latin class. It was just a class talking about how Latin words turned into English words. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, do we need to conjugate? No, you just need to re recognize, like, juct. Yeah. The, 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 the root, this little word juct, inject, just notice when that pops up and you're fine. Conjugations be damned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, English is the language that, like, takes other languages into a back alley, mugs them, <laughs> and maybe lets them survive. I liked that class. That's the class where I found out that in the Middle Ages, luxury and lechery meant the same thing. <laughs> oh my god. That is the best! It's because they sounded similar. Yeah! And this was also the era when people were just adding random letters to words to make them seem fancier. Yeah, yeah. I follow um the Chaucer Twitter account. Yes. <laughs> it is the best. Um. <laughs> so, anyway. So Sailor Moon. Oh, um, one other character who, again, they don't have to be white but they could be because what if luna was voiced by like helen mirren or something i like that the big barrier would be how much do we have to pay her oh that's right yeah we can't afford the cw can't afford helen mirren every episode yeah but you gotta be but, british yeah because space is british <laughs> if doctor who's taught me anything <laughs> maybe we could get jody whittaker <laughs> oh then she'd have like a <laughs> <laughs> you have a Yorkshire accent? Yeah! <laughs> Just because someone is British doesn't mean that they're automatically classy, Tumblr. <laughs> Smart boy! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why do you um, sound like you're from the North? Lots of planets have a North! <laughs> Which is the best yeah. line because it implies that some planets don't. <laughs> well, if you're like... I want to say Neptune, your poles are to the side. <laughs> How could we make a joke about that with Sailor Neptune? <laughs> I don't know, a subtle, uh, one of those subtle little things that also, like, has, is a very much a double entendre. Like, f like for her first five episodes, she's just, <laughs> like, 
before we reveal that they're Sailor Scouts, whenever we see Neptune untransformed, she's just lounging horizontally. <laughs> she's There is always a beach chair somewhere nearby. Yes, and then they're like, uh, Michiru, get up. And she's like, ah, and she just rolls off and then just rolls into the distance. <laughs> oh, yeah, so... so- Another thing that I wanted to do, another major change, um, it's it's regarding the ages of everybody. So I wanted to keep like the main scouts teenagers for yeah. throughout most of the series. Obviously. But the problem it's uh Mamaru. Mamaru is a bit of a problem because in okay, in the manga he's in high school, but he's dating a middle schooler, which is kind of but not the worst out there. Mm. We're getting into the grassy areas of, well, technically yeah. it's legal, but we don't really approve. Yeah, like, I've always applied the three-year rule. Which is Once better you're... than Canada's four-year rule. Yeah, but in the TV show, it's kind of implied that Darian is in um, college. Yeah. No, yeah. He, it, it just makes more sense for him to be in high school with them. Well, I was thinking he could be in high school, but maybe going to a different high school. Because, well, I don't want everybody to catch on super quickly that Mamaru equals tuxedo mask. Okay, so maybe instead what we do is we have some, like, uh, smokescreen characters. Yeah, and he's definitely going to be in a higher grade. Like, yes, I was thinking sure. Usagi would be, like, I don't want to make her a junior. 14 seems a bit too young. So how about, or not a junior, how do they use Not a freshman. Them? Freshman, uh, sophomore. sophomore. Yeah, so she's a sophomore, and I would say Mamaru is. Let's just say he is a junior. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So he's a grade above, but the way that a U.S. school works, instead of like a big contrast to the Japanese school system, is that everybody's going to different classes. You might only get a glimpse of a person. Exactly. And if the school is big enough, then maybe she kind of knows about him. Maybe he's on one of the sports teams. If we're gonna keep him at the same high school, the big thing is. Have a few smokescreen characters and don't make it very obvious from the beginning, especially to the audience, that Mamaru equals Tuxedo Mask. Yeah, so Tuxedo Mask is going to have like a full face mask, isn't he? Yeah, we're going to, we're probably going to have to go a bit more Phantom of the Opera on him. I'm fine with that. And maybe like find a lighter version of the Tuxedo because I imagine that in Hawaii that thing would get like super hot. But it's magic, so. Yeah, it's magic. Okay, yeah. I would say make it fancier. Yeah. Put some, like, some rose decals on it. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Get a good fashion designer for that. Good costuming department. She's just leaking rose petals from yeah. every hole in his costume. <laughs> some flower shop is complaining about the one guy who, like, yeah, he keeps us in business, but dear God, he's a hard to scrounge up red roses all the time. Um... Wasn't it a thing uh, at the beginning where uh, Damien didn't know he was Tuxedo Mask either? Um, I'm not too sure in the anime, but I know in the manga he did have some amnesia when he was a kid because it, it deals with how his parents were killed in a car crash. He oh. somehow survived and... Didn't hear about that part? Yeah, it, that's kind of a manga-only thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, also the... Se- the anime had the whole, like, we'll wipe their minds a couple times. Especially, especially Mamoru. <laughs> <laughs> he gets brainwashed a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do like the, because I just, I like the idea of him, like, 
He's this amnesic protector who, when Usagi's in trouble, he transforms into Tuxedo Mask, and then when he turns back, he has no memory of that. And he just, like, he wakes up in his room, and there's just, like, rose petals everywhere, and he's like, what did I do last night? <laughs> we could even have him, like, wake up on a roof somewhere around, like, Waikiki or wherever, and he's like, why are there roses everywhere? Why am I on a hotel roof? He just stumbles out of, like, a, a dressing room at a tuxedo shop. <laughs> and he's just like he wanders out of the building and then someone checks and there's just a whole bunch of roses in there <laughs> the frick this came from cuz get a broom <laughs> so I was thinking with the outer senshi so that's you know uh, Neptune Pluto Uranus and uh, Saturn right that uh, the first three they're actually college age. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah. I was like, well, so, if we, depending on how we time it out, because I was thinking for um, divvying up the seasons, that the first season we could do like a 13 episode thing and we do just stick with the original three yeah. of Moon, Mercury, Mars. And then season two okay. could introduce the other two and that can be like the conclusion of the, what was it, Negaverse? Queen uh, Barrel. Yeah, the Queen Barrel arc. Yeah, so season two can finish Queen Barrel, and then season three, that's when we introduce Mini Moon and the Outer People. And uh, we introduce the Outer Ones sans Saturn, because Saturn deserves her own season. Yeah, well, see, I kind of dropped off of Sailor Moon around the time that they were being introduced, so I'm not as familiar with them. Because I know, yeah, here's what I know about the Outer Senshi. Uh, Neptune and Uranus are in lesbians with each other. Uh, Pluto <laughs> was a villain? And Saturn's a Time Lord. Um, reverse Pluto and Saturn. Okay. Yeah, so Pluto is, uh, she's the guardian of the Time Door, basically, because Mini Moon's gotta come from the future. Right. Yeah. And Saturn, she is a very tragic case of good guy whose dad is also the vil the main big bad of the season. Is he the glasses man? Got... Is he the man with the glasses? Yeah, he's the man with glasses. Yeah. Oh my god, it's that guy with the glasses! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we can make some references to, like, Gendo with the whole, you know... <laughs> Get on the uniform, Usagi! <laughs> We're just making all the anime references. Yeah, all the references to weird anime dubs, like, have an episode all about baking where Usagi goes out of her way to make well, I want to make jelly donuts, but I wanted to put my own twist on them, so I made them look like rice balls. <laughs> oh, speaking of weird anime references, we have to keep Usagi's signature hairstyle. Oh, the for sure. Buns. Yeah. If, like, if they made a Sailor Moon live action and she didn't have the Odongos, I would cancel it myself. <laughs> yeah. This is sacrilege! <laughs> sacrilege! Burn it! <laughs> so yeah. She gets called Dumpling Head, Meatball Head, <laughs> all the different ball-related puns. Um, yeah, so Saturn could be, like, season four, because that, her plot, because she's so tied in with the big bad of that season, mm -hmm. that's, like, its own plot, and then we have, we could probably go for, like, about five seasons, maybe yeah. six. Well, I would say, as long as we try and keep each season conclusive, we could go for as long as we want to. Because the Sailor Moon anime for, went on for a really long time. And I As, would love to see the Starlights show up in this. Yes. Because, oh boy, is that interesting. 
I have no idea how we would want to do it. If we want to keep it the thing where they're like, they're girls, but when they're not transformed, they're trapped in the form of men. Or do we want to make them trans or non-binary? Or are they drag performers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that is a sticky situation because like... Oh, not necessarily. I'm just saying there's a lot of ways we could reinterpret it. Yeah. And it also depends on the casting. Mm-hmm. It's like, because, yeah, no, I'm not saying that the Starlights are inherently problematic. They do a lot of interesting stuff with gender and, like, how it's yeah. a scam. Um, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, there, we could we could play it a lot of different ways. We could even play it different ways for both of them. Like, well, like, they all show up as women, but, like, maybe through this one of them realizes that they identify more with the male persona. And one of them is like, well, I kind of like them both equally. And one of them is like, no, 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 I'm, I'm still pretty firm on being a girl, but I support you too. Yeah, that's definitely um, an interesting point that would, um, as I said, also depends on casting, how you can figure that out and rewrite stuff and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, gender is not one of the best things I can comment on because I am so, so cis. <sighs> uh, well, like I said a few moments ago, it's, it's a scam. It's like, yeah, it's a gender, scam. gender, never heard of her. Yeah. Like, Dad and I were watching some of Joe Rogan stuff uh, last night, and he and this uh, female comedian were talking about uh, girls and toys, and uh, they were talking about some news stories about some kids who are being raised as gender neutral as possible. And Rogan commented on his one daughter who's eight years old and how she will play with just about anything. Like, she likes dolls, she likes girly stuff, but at the same time, she also likes Hot Wheels, and she likes boy stuff, and she, there's no problem with either of that. Um, And the female comedian kind of commented on how, like, the ages of eight and nine are kind of like this really great time to be a girl, because you have so much self-confidence, and you feel like you can do whatever you want, but once you hit puberty... You start getting pigeonholed. Yeah, you get pigeonholed, and you start growing tits, and you get hair all over the place, and media's like, you have to look like this! And you have to be like this! And your both your peers and the, the adults in your lives are like, you have to be like this, and you have to look like this, and you have to behave like this. That That is a theme that we could actually put into the, into the series, definitely. Yes have like have a lot of the scouts be the kind of like the girls that you're not supposed to be yeah if if that's coming out right yeah it's like this is gonna probably be a cw show so of course they're all gonna be pretty yes but like but here's um, the thing is that we can you know what let's let's not even say they're all gonna be pretty let's let's break these cw barriers i am the kind of person who says no matter what you look like you can look good as long as you're like a good person inside yeah you're good, you got self-confidence. There's even a Shel Silverstein poem where it's like, you can be physically the quote-unquote ugliest person imaginable, but if you have a good heart, that's going to show through. And if you carry yourself with confidence, that's going to shine through too. Yeah. So we could have, we could say that Amy, like, doesn't, like, she's all about the science, so she doesn't really care about her appearance. And we could have Usagi be fat. And yeah. then And then, like, flip that around, it's like, yeah, she's fat, she can still fight. This doesn't like detriment her abilities as a space wizard warrior or how attractive she is. Yeah. And 
you know, both in the... Actually, more so in the anime, there were a couple episodes where, like, her weight was... Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Oh, Which and is they super were played, uncomfortable now. They were played really poorly, too. Yeah, but also you gotta remember that Japan's got really different yeah. shit going on that we not, can't not really speak to. Not super different. I mean, it's yeah. any place has same shit, different pile when it comes to body issues. Mainly yeah. for women, but really for anybody. Yeah. Like, as I said about Makoto and her height being a thing, like, in Japan, yeah, a lot of people are on the shorter side. So, for guys, apparently a woman over five foot two is fucking intimidating. And then for, uh, Minako was Venus, right? Yeah. A lot of M names. Oh, I know. <laughs> Minako, like, her... Her thing is, like, maybe she is a very conventionally attractive person, because she's, like, she's an idol singer, and she's an actor, and all this stuff. But we can show that, like, all that pressure is just kind of crushing her. Yeah. And then... Ray is the unattainably gorgeous girl at school, but guys kind of... I don't know, the usual expectation that, you know... She sleeps around and all that sort of stuff. And or we like, could we could play up the religion thing, yeah. And make it like she's you're you're kind of a weird outsider because you're so connected to your faith, yeah. And that's off putting, and so yeah, you're 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 stunning, but it's like she's the eerie pale skinned brunette, yeah. And it's the coward. The cowards are don't want to get interested in that, yeah. So we were thinking Sailor Moon be like 13 episodes, but should things take off, this might get the Riverdale treatment of all of a sudden we got 22 episodes to work with. Yeah, we got 22 episodes. Well, see, I think 13 episodes is good for the first season. Yeah. And then, because there's a lot of Sailor Moon filler, and yeah. oh, just imagine the beauty of some of those villains live action. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Like the, the barbershop hive mind or the snowman breasts. Yeah, <laughs> I think there was like a bunch of football. Um, uh, Netherworld senshi at one point. Like there were football players that were also senshi that were being mind controlled by the villain. Oh, that is wild! Yeah. <laughs> It's great! <laughs> this is also the 90s, so they're wearing, like, fucking crop tops, and... <laughs> uh, oh, is this a period piece? <laughs> well, I don't know if it will be a period piece, but this is also Hawaii, and it's hot, and it's tropical, so I think we can get away. Like, the fashions have also kind of, like, nostalgia for the 90s anyway. Yes. Everyone's wearing crop tops because... Sailor v in the latest Sailor V movie, she was wearing a crop top, and now it's the thing. <laughs> oh my god. Also, um, the arcade. Oh yeah, so, the arcade. Yeah. We could totally still keep that in that. For sure. Like, yeah, the main teen hangout point. Like, I don't know, the older siblings were like, oh yeah, this place is like super cool, and the dude who runs it, like, he's totally chill with you guys. Oh right, we, yeah. he was believed to be Tuxedo Mask for a while too, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he could be another one of our red herrings. And, like, he was a super nice guy anyway. Yeah, we can have, because there's, so we've got Damien, who is, and then we've got, what is Andrew, I feel like was his dub name. Yeah, Andrew. Yeah. Um, and then we can have um, that the kid 
I feel like every high school anime has he has that one kid who has the glasses and he's like, oh, oh Melvin, ladies, yeah, <laughs> or Urkel. Oh, okay, he won't be as bad as not Urkel, as bad as Urkel, like. but then like you, you, everyone knows the type, and he's got like he has no defined facial features. His face is just like an oblong square. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm not saying that this guy is going to be the, the absolute disaster. Like, he can be a little bit obnoxious. Like, I think the least obnoxious of the kind of characters, of these kind of characters, was the one from Card Captors, where he was just yeah. like, uh, hey girls, did you hear about this fun fact? And they're like, shut the fuck up, we don't care. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because, like, we can have this guy be, like, one of the fakes tuxedo masks. Cause he, so he has to be just decent enough a person that it's believable. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe he's on the tall and lanky side, so I don't know. Oh, a tall dork. <laughs> you don't see many of those! But that's the dream. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we can find a tall dork. Damn, I, I want a man who is one foot taller than me and a beanpole. <laughs> we kind of want someone like Cole Sprouse. I want to date a guy who I can pick up and use to fence with. <laughs> so yeah that's melvin or whatever we decide to call him because i don't think whoever owns the rights to the original english dub is going to let us use those names although i feel like i feel like fans would appreciate it if we use as many uh japanese names as we can yeah yeah like we can totally justify usagi ray uh ami Everyone who we keep Japanese or partially Japanese, it's like, yeah. why do they have Japanese names? Well, because they're Japanese, Karen. Calm down. And also, like, so many people in Hawaii are of very mixed heritage anyway. Indeed. So we can play around with the names however we want. That makes sense. Yeah. If we need to, we can do the classic English dub thing of making just English names that resemble the Japanese names. Yeah. And just don't yeah. do this the same way. Mind you, I don't yeah. even know if they did that. They just kind of pulled names out of nowhere. Like, where did Lita come from? Um, if they were actually clever and not just naming her after this one Canadian uh, rock singer, Lita, Lita Hedford or <laughs> something? Yeah, singer from the 80s. Um, she, she did a video where she was in a chainmail bikini. That's all I can fucking remember. You go, girl. Yeah. <laughs> um... If the original English dubbers were actually being clever, it's kind of a convoluted reference to um, Zeus. Oh, the Swan Lady. Yeah, Lita. Oh, oh, so we could just we could keep calling her Lita, but L E D A instead of L I T A. Yeah. Just looking this up super quickly. Oh my God, there's so many. There's so many different groups that they had to fight, so we're not going to do Dark Kingdom. Let's do uh, Black Was Moon that Clan. the one with the tree? Uh, no, that one was a filler arc. Um, the, yeah, the Makai tree. Yeah. I remember vague things about a tree. Yep. And Mini Moon got to be a villainess too. Right, I do remember that part. Yeah. There was Dark Lady and there was like a robot cat from the future. Yeah, uh, Luna Plue or something? Maybe. It was basically Big Luna Head. Yes. And and it kind of bounced like one of those, um, you ever watch Gundam? No. Okay, so there's like this one recurring robot, um, fuck, the name of it escapes me, but it's 
big spherical thing. It has been in the Gundam series since the fucking beginning. <laughs> and it's always a companion to the main hero character. And it bounce? Yeah, it bounce. You, you didn't even cute. have to bring Gundam in. You could have just said, it's a bouncy robot. Yeah, it's a bouncy ball robot. Or you could have compared it to the Cluck Pewter from Mongoli Knights. <laughs> Which, oh, I should add that to my list. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Blackman King was also the one with Pegasus. Yes. I don't know what to do with that one, but like. I heard, I, I've been hearing, because another, in, in the, in the potosphere of things that I follow, I do hear stuff <laughs> about Sailor Business, and I guess they're on the Pegasus arc, and it's bad. I, but that was around the time where I did start to not watch it as often. Yeah. I also think that with YTV, they did some, like, time slot jumping, too. Yeah. Oh, we should get Sugar to show up. Yes. She's still acting, right? Yeah, she was in The Flash last season. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, what do I type? Sugar YTV. <laughs> sugar YTV. Oh, Sugar Lynn Beard. Oh, Sugar is her real name? That oh, Stephanie. no, Stephanie. Yeah, it is Stephanie. Yeah. But her Wikipedia page is under Sugar, because she's better yeah. known by her name Sugar Lynn Beard. Yeah, yeah. Her radio host persona uses the name Sugar Baby. Nice. And as co-host of The Zone, she was called Sugar. Hey, Carlos, do you still host The Zone? <laughs> Carlos is forever bound to The Zone. Um, yes. Current hosts are Carlos Bustamante, Mark Suki Suknanen, and Jesse B. Maisha Watson, and Spencer Litzinger. Carlos made a fucking deal with the devil. <laughs> no, he made a deal with the hand, the toilet hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember the competition where it was like they were invaded by like space worms, and then sometimes you're watching your show, and all of a sudden it goes statically, and like these worms, like slugs, would crawl across the screen. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. My TV was the best back then. Like next week, we're rebooting Weird on Wheels. Yes. We're just we're gonna make our own van, and we're just gonna drive it to the the exhibition. Like, where are you? We're YTV! We're definitely YTV! <laughs> uh, we need to reboot. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> With the gen suit. Yep. <laughs> I can't wait for our American listeners, if we have any, to, like, stumble upon the weird wonderfulness that is uh-oh. Oh my gosh, the Wikipedia plays has, like, the plot line. <laughs> a plotline emerged where Sugar would discover that one of the YTV's janitors was playing with the cameras during off-hours, clandestinely acting out as zone host. Employing detective skills to track down this janitor, Sugar eventually discovered Carlos and invited him to become their co-host. Yeah, Carlos made a deal with something. Because, like, has he aged at all? Oh, I don't think so. I th or <laughs> maybe... Maybe he has, just not in real life. And maybe the zone is, like, Carlos's Dorian Gray picture? <laughs> or maybe Sugar actually summoned him? Yes. <laughs> she, she knew that she'd need to leave, leave her eventually. So she created the automaton Carlos to replace her as zone host. She created a homunculus. <laughs> anyway. Sailor Moon and all of its glorious, wonderful craziness because let's talk about filler what sort of let's, episodes we want mm, to do let's talk about filler let's talk about that <laughs> bara cat that had a crush on luna 
Okay, so we're What's in Hawaii, the- so of course we're going to have like the usual like beach episodes, and maybe going into the jungle, and surfing, all this sort of stuff. We could probably have some stuff with, yeah, we're definitely going to have a lot of stuff con- pertaining to Hawaiian culture, and Japanese culture, and probably some yes. Filipino, and all that sort of stuff. I, um, I also know, but I want to focus on the, I mean, not in the show, yes, the show proper absolutely have a lot of that, but we're not super familiar yeah. with that. So let's talk yeah. about the inane stuff that the show did. Like, I mean, the ne- whole Negaverse arc was energy! Yeah. And the in one of the early episodes, they tried to steal it through, like, a radio... Yeah. Like, oh, a yeah. radio contest. It was the, um, if you send in a letter confessing your feelings of love, they'll send you a flower brooch, and then it sucks out your energy. <laughs> Maybe the modern equivalent is, um, it's a... Future Tanner here. Apparently, Lindsay was so excited that she shouted the word podcast loud enough to short her bike out. But, um, yeah, she suggested it was a podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> this is it! This is the podcast horror movie! So, once more, we could totally, like, I don't know, dish the tea on shows like fucking The Black Tapes and Rabbits and all that, and people being like, oh my god, this is so, like, intellectual and deep. <laughs> <laughs> Queen Beryl started Rabbits! <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever hear of the Berenstain Bears? Oh uh, my god. The Berenstain Bears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we bringing back the disguise pen? Yes. The disguise pen was like the best thing. I wanted like my own disguise pen. Yeah. Okay, now here's here's a suggestion. What if all three of them have their own disguise pen? Yes. Because as much as I love Usagi, she shouldn't have all the cool toys. Oh, and then, okay, because I know it like it goes away in later seasons. We could have one episode where Usagi, like, she gives it to a girl who, um, she doesn't have a lot of, oh no, it could be like Usagi finds out one of her classmates is, uh, she's trans and she's transitioning, but she, her parents won't let her buy girl clothes, who so Usagi gives her the disguise pen. <laughs> And then she can be, like, a recurring ally, and she's just like, oh, yeah, I've got the pen, poof, I have my girl clothes now. Yay! Yeah, I love it. And that's how we phase it out. Yeah, because we also want to just, like, pump out as many possible toys. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Just get that deal with Mattel. All sorts of Barbie dolls. All sorts of cool accessories. I do remember, because there were Sailor Moon Barbie dolls, and I remember seeing commercials for them where it was like, Oh, it's it's Sailor Moon and Barbie dolls, yay! But then it did show the girls like, oh, we've got to use our moon powers, and then does them fighting with the dolls. Yeah! I mean, probably not slamming them together like you're supposed to. <laughs> but there were definitely, there wasn't, it wasn't just like, oh, Sailor Moon's having a tea party. It was like, no, Sailor Moon is kicking ass. Yeah. Treating them like how their brothers treat G.I. Joes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the commercials now where you have like Sailor Moon and Barbie and G.I. Joe. All, like, being played with by, like, an eight-year-old girl. Also, let's reboot G.I. Joe. Yes. I see potential in it. This would be, like, the fifth reboot. Why not give it our own try? G.I. Joe, I think, is Hasbro. Yeah, it might be. Yes, because they want to make the Hasbro, like, cinematic universe with Transformers, G.I. Joe, and other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Darn. Because if Hasbro was making the Sailor Moon toys, then we can have Sailor Moon, the Sailor Scout Sasha show up in the Hasbro cinematic universe. And Hasbro also has Power Rangers! Yes! <laughs> okay, we're selling the toy rights to Hasbro! I'm still waiting for, like, a, a Sailor Moon versus Power Rangers just thing. Yes. Like, 
Power Rangers Legacy Wars, you've already got Capcom stuff. You've already got Street Fighter in there, which is wet and wild. Bring Sailor Moon into that next. Yes. Uh, video games. We can have episodes dealing with video games and all that sort of stuff because yes. they were kind of they were a thing in the show. I Alpha like the Attack fact that I like the fact that Usagi was an unabashed gamer girl. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the, her things. Like, probably also one of the reasons why she's a lazy student. <laughs> <laughs> she's playing Fortnite too much. Oh my god, she is. <laughs> she knows all the dances. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay so on halloween one of the kids who came to our doors uh it was about the time that the older kids start coming uh she was dressed up as a fortnite character and i'm like i know you're from a video game but i don't know what video game and then i'm like oh you're from fortnite god i'm an old <laughs> remember when call of duty was a thing oh it's vaguely all yeah. i know is that it was the Call of Duty was the number one reason why girls in our high school had bad sex lives. Because yeah. all the boys were too busy playing COD to date them. <laughs> hey, you want to hang out? COD. What are you doing? COD. Hey, I'm feeling a little frisky tonight. Sorry, COD. <laughs> the, the only chance you have at an inn with the guys from our high school is if you also played COD. And even then, they would probably just be sitting on the couch playing COD. Yeah. Anyways, now I'm just picturing, like, the season finale is obviously going to take place at a dance. Yeah. And you've got, like, all the girls are in, like, these beautiful dresses, and you have Ray and Amy dancing with their dates. Are their dates each other? Who knows? But they're definitely, like, doing, like, nice romantic slow dances. And then we cut to Damien and Usagi, and they're just doing the, the arm flare dance. <laughs> You get a good bop going, and they're doing the Armfeld dance, and it's like our grad when um the DJ played Rasputin, and the Ukrainian guys all just start busting out moves. Yep. <laughs> we go from you know regular old prom to suddenly fiddler on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> grad was great. Grad I totally was made us go delight. to that after after party the after grad wasn't the worst it should have been like hey after a couple hours you can leave after hey it was the best after grad that i've ever gone to it's the only after grad you've ever been to exactly these are the jokes Lindsay. <laughs> though seeing our friend nick get hypnotized and then start like going through mckillop's hair <laughs> like a fucking monkey that was great that was a delight yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or when he tried to jump the one DJ's bones. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, we had a hypnotist, and I all, he, he almost got me. Yeah. I was almost into it, and then I just didn't quite take. Yeah, um, I was too tired by that point. I, I was straight up curled up on a chair at one point. That, that's your baseline attitude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or at least it was for high school and university. Yeah. And whenever you only have two speeds. You're either you're you're either coffee fast or you're wine slow. <laughs> yeah. I can't even do like the wine mom vodka aunt joke. <laughs> Your wine roommate and coffee cousin. Yes. Um but yeah, for like the hypnotist, the last thing was he split the hypnotized kids into two teams and it was like, you guys have to do a dance off. 
And all the guys just basically turned it into Magic Mike. Yeah, one of the guys just straight up ripped his shirt open. Ripped it in half. Ruined, destroyed it. <laughs> and when he, when the hypnotist brought them out, he's like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> and this, it wasn't like the hypnotist was like, yeah, the hypnotist isn't going to be something sketchy like that at a high school graduation. He was just like, now we have to have a dance-off. And that... In the in the lad's hypnotized mind, that just clicked and was like, tear your shirts apart. <laughs> oh Make this God. a PG-13 event. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. End of season one, we got the dance and everybody's being weird. Well, Usagi and Mamoru are being weird. No, this is normal for them. Yeah. <laughs> They're that couple. Oh, oh, what if... Okay, so they, they really don't like each other in real life at first. Yeah. But w what if um, they start... Okay, no, hang on. I'm, I'm trying to percolate this. What if they're, like, ambivalent to each other at the beginning, but they loathe each other? Like, they're arch enemies in Fortnite. And <laughs> oh, then, like, yeah! like this, the seventh episode, like, halfway through the first season in episode seven is when Sailor Moon and Tuxedo Mask start to, like, actually admit that they might have feelings for each other. But then Usagi and Mamoru fi re find out that they're Fortnite rivals and just start <laughs> hating each other. <laughs> She's like, oh, the rivalry is on! <laughs> I have no clue how Fortnite is played. Again, I'm an old. Um, the, you shoot and you also you build a fort. Okay. You know, you, you know a PUBG? I've heard of a PUBG. Well, it's like a PUBG, but it's more cartoony, and you make a, a tree fort, and sometimes people blow up your tree fort, and sometimes you are Thanos. Oh, okay. Fortnite is this all-consuming thing. For, th there was an episode of Ellen where a streamer taught her how to play Fortnite, and then the next episode was just, like, during the downtime, they just had his stream of Fortnite playing. <laughs> And every once in a while, she checked in and was like, how's it going? I was like, oh, it's going great, Ellen. I'm from someplace. <laughs> My accents are all over the map today. Yes. So, yeah. Other filler stuff. Um, Let's keep Haruka a fucking, like, race car driver. I don't know why it's cool. Also, apparently, yes. race uh, like, NASCAR drivers get started young. Yeah. Oh, fuck, she's NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> No, let's make her more classy. She's Formula One. Her dad's NASCAR. <laughs> we can have her, her reference to Generation Kill. <laughs> Misha is being a little bit snip. They're doing like the little <laughs> back, back and, and forth, forth. <laughs> at each other, and Mishiru is just listing off how much more classy she is. Then walks yeah. off, and then. <laughs> And then Haruka's well, at, at least my, my dad, dad took me to NASCAR! <laughs> so yeah, we were talking about Haruka and what sort of car she drives. A Miata. <laughs> Fancy cars. Expensive cars. We don't know how she gets the money. This is a Utena. She can't have her girlfriend turn into one. <laughs> no, Utena was the one who turned into the car. Oh yes, that's it right. Was, that's another show I'm planning on rebooting. It it would also work great on the CW. <laughs> it would also work great. As, no, I'm just speaking of people turning into cars. I have an idea 
for April Fools, but I want to keep it. I'm just I'm just going to keep it to myself for now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on to it. Yeah. Write it down. Yes. Oh no, it's written down. It replaced okay. my previous April Fools idea. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Sailor Saturn. So Hotaru, she's an interesting character because she starts off as a preteen, so a little bit older than Chibi Moon. And then due to plot reasons, she gets the whole her own version of the Dark Lady thing. Right. And then she kind of blows up and returns to a baby, but then she grows up fast to be about uh Chibi Moon's age. It's weird that Pluto is time the time lord. When Saturn was the time god? I think it has something to do with Saturn is also Kronos, but due to various translation issues, people think that Kronos is the god of time when he was actually the god of agriculture. But he's also like the destructive god anyway. Hmm. He's the one who usurped Uranus and cut off his balls, and that was how Aphrodite was born. Yeah, Greek mythology is weird. It's beautiful. <laughs> we could totally do a show just about just adapting Greek mythology. Yes. Sorry, I'm just I'm on the Sailor Moon Wikipedia stuff now. Um <laughs> in the final arc with the Shadow Galactica, there is a servant of Galaxia named McFly. <laughs> <laughs> or unless that's MC Fly. We could still make uh, a Marty McFly reference. He led a trio of insect-based villains, the Sailor Mantis, Sailor Bug, and Sailor Bee. <laughs> awesome yeah because by that time they had like these weird sailors who were brought back from the dead like there was sailor tin cow and aluminum oh there was the tin hang on it was okay. aluminum uh, iron mouse aluminum siren lead crow tin cat and tin heavy cat. metal butterfly <laughs> it was awesome all awesome and crazy and that was also the season where at the very end Usagi got book ass naked because Jap Japan and Buddhism have very different relationships with nudity yes yeah so I don't think we'll get Usagi nude because US censors and we are dealing with teenagers yeah yeah so Sailor Saturn it'll be it would be interesting to handle her because she kind of goes villain for a while. Yeah, I mean, and then there's the age fluctuations. Fluctuations. So I don't know. Maybe characters do bad, temporary badness. We could just have yeah. two different characters play her. Yeah, or two and, different actors. Yeah, two different actors. And I was thinking, like, maybe we could age up, um, Chibi Usa Mini Moon. Yes, a little bit. Make her preteen middle schooler. I see no problem with that. Um, it would also make her a bit more viable in a fight, too. Mm -hmm. Because in the manga, Chibi Usa was a lot more useful. She had a lot more power. She, basically, they were kind of copy-paste versions of Mom, Usagi. Mm -hmm. But, like, um, it was cuter, basically. Yeah. And she had her own merchandisable weapons that we could totally sell in Walmart to all the children. Yeah. Make all that toy money. Chippy Moon was also a bit of a scrappy. Yeah, because she was an obnoxious child. Yeah. Look, kids are just like that. I see nothing wrong. I was pretty okay with her. I had a, I had both Sailor Moon and Chibi Usa dolls. Nice. So there. I don't know what happened to them. 
in one of our many moves, they got lost somewhere. Or, you know, they ended up in a garage sale. And I was just unaware that someone else got them. Darn. Darn parents. Uh, she is 900 years old. But that's also because when the Neo-Silver Millennium starts, apparently aging stops. It was weird. The future is weird. Like, I'm going... Okay, you know how much of a nerd... I am. I have been doing deep dives into fucking Warhammer lore, and for whatever reason, like the extended lifespan things, kind of reminds me of Warhammer. Oh yeah, I love a Sailor Moon Warhammer. <laughs> I love Sailor Moon fighting fucking Nurgle. <laughs> well, Queen Metalia was kind of Eldritchian. Yes. The embodiment of all evil. Evil and chaos and, ooh, with modern special effects, all the amazing things that we can do. Especially on a CW budget, but, like, it, you know, Supernatural can do some pretty cool shit, so why not us? Yeah. Although I'd, I would like if some of the monsters were, like, just people in suits. Power Rangers style yeah. people in suits. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> well... If we somehow team up with Hasbro, maybe we can get access to some of the older, unused monsters of the week from the Power Ranger series and do that. Yeah. Let's see. Other stuff that we can do that is super fun. Well, if we're setting this in Hawaii, we can do a bunch of island hopping. Mm-hmm. We could have stuff set on the big island and involve, I don't know, some sort of villain of the week plot involving the volcanoes. Yes. Circling back to the whole topic of what sort of topics can we can we talk about without being too... without dating ourselves too quickly. And without getting too dark. Because that's the thing. I want to keep the series more like Supergirl. A lot of the monsters that the scouts had to fight were like made from the insecurities of their classmates. Yeah. So we don't really need to do very special episode stuff, but a lot of it would be derived from just I'm worried about not doing the good enough in school, or I my art isn't good enough, or my archaeology is troubling, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I I'm pretty sure one character was an archaeologist at some point. Yeah. Again, Sailor Moon was weird. Yes. Can't do that stuff. I think. Um, we could do plenty of topics that wouldn't necessarily date us. Yeah. Like, the concept of a very special episode isn't a retro thing. They still happen to this day. Yeah. And, like... We don't have to be melodramatic about it. Yeah. That's a big thing. We want to stay on the lighter side, but, you know, treat this sort of stuff with respect. Like, we are going to be talking a lot about gender identity and sexuality and all that sort of stuff, especially in teenagers, when, you know, they are in a weird flux state. Like, you go from being, you know, happy, fun little kids to all of a sudden puberty truck hits. Yeah. <laughs> now you've got, like, oh my god, stuff's growing there and stuff's growing there and why is my voice fluctuating and why am I sweaty all of a sudden and where do these zits come from? <laughs> yeah. So there's all that. Just, like, the general stuff of being a teenager. And... Um, we could have stuff pertaining to school because Ami's introductory episode was about going to a cram school. Now, cram schools aren't really a thing in North America, but she could have a lot of pressures because she is a gifted student. Yeah. 
Sorry, I was looking on other stuff for Sailor Moon. Apparently, in the live-action Japanese show, there was a small arc where Mercury was turned evil and became Dark Mercury. Okay. And she had an icicle sword. Nice. Which is pretty metal. Yeah. And it also fits because Mercury is uh, tidally locked, so half of the planet is frozen and the other half is um, on fire. Basically, so if it's basically. if it's tidally locked, was th would that mean that Amy is really good at surfing or really bad at surfing? Hmm, because she's also got water powers. Hmm, we flip a coin on that one. <laughs> <laughs> she can either be really bad at it, or it turns out that she's really good at like ash tobogganing. That sort of a thing on the big island? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would be something Ray is good at. Yeah. You know, going back to casting, I, I would actually really like Makoto to be Native Hawaiian. I don't know, just something about her character and how I kind of picture her as being, you know, kind of big, strong Amazonian. Maybe even, maybe she is trans. Maybe she's non-binary. Something in her with the Hawaii setting just screams like she should be Native Hawaiian. Okay, yeah. I yeah. can dig that, for sure. Yeah, because I kind of have at least a few notions about what they're going to look like. Because, like, I'm okay with taking radical departures from their usual looks, but at the same time, like, we do want to keep, like, the original fans kind of happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, another thing, going back to names. Um, I remember from the original dub, they did keep the Japanese last names, and there was a theming to the to the names, to the last okay. names. Yeah, so uh, Usagi is Tsukinu Usagi, which means rabbit of the moon, basically. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. So, like, the inner century have, like, their element and no, so it means, like, so, like, Ami's uh, family name is Mizuno of water. Okay. So, when we get these characters cast, we'll probably have some tentative names for them, but we can, like, change them to better fit the actor's own culture and like how he sculpts basically these characters and um we do stick with the whole there has to be some sort of elemental connection to the name yeah so makoto's last name now here's the question um would her last name be a reference to wood or lightning because officially her element is wood even though she, she ain't never done anything with trees yeah, that's a very Japan, well, like East Asian sort of interpretation of like what Jupiter's connected to. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas we in the West, we associate that with the king of the gods, the sky god, and he's also connected to lightning and all that sort of stuff. Um, that's, I think that will really depend on who we cast Makoto to be because you have such desperate elements. Whereas, like, the other ones, it's pretty... You can do pretty one-to-one -one stuff. Oh my god, Sailor Pluto's dub name was Trista. That's a silly name. Yeah, we can do better. Why didn't you just stick with Setsuna? Like, I know dubbing has wants to change everything, but Setsuna is a good name. Yeah. Yeah, so we could, we could keep Pluto Japanese, too. Another eerie pale-skinned brunette. Like, that's what I'm saying, is that yeah. I'm totally down for everyone to be Japanese, or partially Japanese, but yeah. it would be nice to mix in some other races. Yeah, 
And as I said, Hawaii probably has one of the highest amounts of people who are of very mixed ancestry. So depending on how long uh, these characters' families have been in Hawaii, they'll be like partially Japanese, Chinese, Hawaiian, uh, Filipino, white, um, Vietnamese, Mexican, all the sort of wonderful stuff. Sorry, I'm, I'm reading about the Uranus-Neptune uh, censorship. <laughs> that yeah. completely failed because instead of parents clutching their pearls at a homosexual relationship, they were clutching their pearls at, at an incestuous homosexual relationship. <laughs> and now that we're going to set it in Hawaii, that everybody gets called cousin! Everybody's a cousin! <laughs> we also got to make at least a couple references to Moana somehow. Actually, we could adopt at least one of their names, probably Neptune's name, to Moana because it means of the ocean or ocean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as I said, pretty one-for-one one translations. And we're going to keep in that cheese with the whole fucking yeah. like declaring their powers and the transformations. Absolutely. We forgot the to talk about the transformations. We are totally going to do the transformations. <laughs> We could totally Power Rangers this! Yes, we could. I have been struggling to say transform instead of morph this entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! We could totally have Sailor Moon do a, do a whole It's Morphin' Time! Because she would be that nerd. <laughs> she would, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, are we gonna let Tuxedo Mask have a transformation? Yes. Have you ever seen the one from Pretty Guardian and Sailor Moon? Yes, I have. It's just him putting on a tuxedo with a yeah. flashy background. <laughs> it's like up there with how Superman will step into like the phone booth to do his quick spin around. Yeah. Yeah. When we do the transformations, they got to be like the classic transformations. Because I do remember that after they got some upgrades, it was just like, uh, sparkles, we all transformed together. And now we're, uh, yeah. But yeah. like, I like the original ones because they like reflected their powers and personality. Yeah. Yeah, definitely keep that. I also like how Jupiter has a lightning rod pop out of her tiara. Just like, bring me power! <laughs> and all the static electricity that's gonna do horrible shit to my hair. What if when she unlocks her powers, like, it's a lightning villain, and they use the lightning, and she, like, uses it to, like, she just attracts the lightning to herself, Makoto does, and just completely, like, tanks it? Yeah! And then an entire city block just goes, boom! <laughs> Fuck. Oh, it's the girls are fighting monsters again. <laughs> we do We do gotta be careful we don't... I say we should make sure we don't crib from Sequinox, even though Sequinox obviously cribs a little bit from Sailor Moon due to the fact that it's based off the Sailor Moon RPG. In Sequinox, the big thing is that they point out that uh, Tuxedo Mask can be a little bit creepy at times, and he he either completely steals the Scout's Thunder, or he just does nothing. Yeah. It's trying to balance, like, him being more useful because I know that the showrunner for the anime did not like uh, Tuxedo Mask. <laughs> he was also the same guy who created or co-created Revolutionary Girl Utena. That's valid. Yeah. Oh, um, I remember one episode where it's like, you can't fight help, you can't help Sailor Moon fight Tuxedo Mask. I've used my whip to tie your shadow to a tree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how how depowered he got, but at the same time, th this is the Sailor Scouts. They are the main focus. They're the ones who are saving the day. 
I don't know, maybe balance them out like how the how Power Rangers will have like the magical knight show up. And yeah, he's a bit of a powerhouse, but he doesn't show up that often. I would rather it be that they're on like equal ground and when he yeah. shows up to help them, like him and Sailor Moon are like partners in fighting. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're a battle couple, especially when they actually like do get together. Become a couple? Yeah. And so we, we can say that like or start out with like he's more skilled at fighting, but her like raw powers are stronger. And so then as she gets yeah. better, she's able to take the lead much more often than he is. Yeah, and like the biggest thing holding back Usagi was her confidence. And as yeah, she grows so... and mature, yeah. She gets more confident, she gets more powerful, she can figure out how to maybe okay, I know that she is supposed to be like not the smart the smartest teenager out there, but how about we distinguish like what she is intelligent in? She is very emotionally intelligent. Um and maybe she's not book smart, but maybe she is a bit more maybe not street. She smart. gets people. She gets people. She's able and, to tell when someone is like having troubles in their life or like when when they're feeling down and she's generally knows what to say to help them feel better about what's yeah. whatever's going on in their lives. And like at the very end of both the manga and the anime, she saves the world by basically connecting with the villain and getting at that emotional core to figure out what's your deal. She wishes to end suffering because Kingdom Hearts is light. <laughs> I was also thinking, like, um, aside from the emotional intelligence, maybe she's also one of those people who can think outside of the box more frequently than her um than the other scouts yeah that sort of i would like that and also yeah we can also say that she's like uh she could be doing better in school if she applied herself yeah but she's playing fortnite all the time <laughs> god damn it usagi there is potential in you but fortnite god like even have her mom show up like she goes to wake usagi up and she's already like She's already up and she's like, oh, uh, Usagi, you finally woke up. And then she looks like, oh okay, no, you just um, never went to bed because you were playing Fortnite all night. I don't know what the status of the school would be, but like, I still want to have like the school uniforms just to have that joke have a bit more punch to it. Okay, so one of the podcasts I listened to, Stuff Mom Never Told You, uh, one of the hosts, Bridget, she went to a uh, Catholic girls' school, which had the whole uniform thing going on, but she's like, yeah, we didn't take care of those uniforms. Oh. <laughs> Like, Bridget remembers, like, she used to, like, stuff her- when Once she actually got a car, she used to, like, stuff extra uniforms in her car, and she would just, like, change in there <laughs> before going in, and s frequently they would still have, like, stains, hadn't been washed in a while, very wrinkled. <sighs> Usagi definitely does not iron, and she does laundry yeah. maybe every six months. <laughs> The only reason why she has clean clothes is because her poor mother actually does this. It's like every once in a while her mom's like, Usagi, you're going to do the laundry this week or I'm cutting off your allowance. So she grumbles her way through it. And then after that, her mom looks is like, this was terrible. You know what? Never mind. And then six months later, they forget. They forgot the lesson that they learned that Usagi <laughs> cannot do laundry. <laughs> and, you know... Unlike Japan, U.S. high schools, well, North American high schools have lockers. Just 
Imagine the state of that locker. Oh, like every time it opens up, just all this bullshit pours out. Yep. It's like just the scene where she's trying to shovel her stuff in and struggling to lock it. And Amy will be like, you know, you could just take some stuff out and it'd be easier. And he's like, like, why would I do that? I need this. <laughs> oh, Usagi, you can just take this stuff home. No, I don't want mom to find out <laughs> about your eating habits. I think she has a pretty good grasp on that. Oh, but she would be the person who's like, I don't want mom complaining that I ate so many chocolate bars, so I'm going to buy them at school and just leave the wrappers in my locker. Usagi, you can throw out the wrappers. Oh, I relate to you, Usagi. <laughs> just that level of laziness. <laughs> but, you know, there is a point where it's like, you look at a shirt and you're like, it's not that dirty, but you've been wearing it for about three days. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my mom asks me if I have a clean work uniform, and I'll just like, well, it's clean enough. Yeah. Listen, they have two days in them, three if I'm doing my overnight shift, because customers aren't going to be looking at me at two in the morning. And you know, my uniform comes with an apron, so there's so much I can cover up. Exactly. Oh, yeah. What sort of job might Usagi get? Uh, oh, she even what bothers if- to get a job. Well, okay, what if one of the episodes is she's applying to work at, like, the video game store... But the guy who runs it, not not and like not the arcade, but like the video game store, and she yeah. applies for a job, and then she gets turned down because the guy who runs it is sexist. And then Queen Barrel is like, "I'm going to use this sexism to turn him into a monster, and then we'll steal the energy." <laughs> and then once Sailor Moon kicks his ass, he like learns an important lesson to not be a dick to girls, and it's like, yeah. "I'm gonna quit to rethink my life." And then Andrew takes over the video game store and hires Usagi on the spot. Yay! Also, concerning Green Barrel, yes, can we so- somehow get uh, the ac- the second actress who played Rita Repulsa oh. play her? Oh, I would love that. Let me check on that. Who is she? Stunning. Carla Perez. I was thinking for Queen Barrel, though. She doesn't have to show up very often, the actress, because I do want to just yeah. keep reusing the stock footage of her <laughs> with the crystal balls. Like, I'm Queen Beryl. Look at my orb. Absorb the viewing globe, Jedi. <laughs> yeah. All that Queen Beryl did was sit around and just move her hands around the glowing orb. Even like even when Usagi was fighting her, she's just still sitting there. It's like. Usagi, it appears that all of your friends are dead. And Usagi's like, uh, fuck you. And then she shoots the moon laser. Yeah. And then Queen Beryl, she screams and gets, like, a Smash Bros. obliterated, but she's still just sitting there with the orb, like, No! I could have done, I could have (laughs) ducked. She's almost like fucking Palpatine. She, she brainwashes Mamoru. Now we'll show you the true powers of the dark side. <laughs> now kill Sailor Moon. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if we go down that road, then one of her one of her lieutenants has to have like the really deep James Old Jones voice. <laughs> That's enough, right? <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> your lack of faith. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Oh no, that would be that would be Kunzite. Yeah. <laughs> While he force chokes a minion. We're just turning Sailor Moon into Star Wars. Yes, Kunzai talking to Nephrite. He's like, I find your lack of faith in the Negaverse <laughs> disturbing. And Nephrite is like, but I'm in love with Morley. <laughs> oh, we there was an episode where Nephrite pretended to be Tuxedo Mask. Oh, yeah. So if we, if from the beginning we like point him out to be, this is the guy who's maybe not all in on the Negaverse stuff. We can make yeah. it look like maybe he is Tuxedo Mask. Yeah. And then it turns out, like, no, he's just a normal anti-villain. Yeah. And I was kind of sad that he got he got, got by the end. Neff White! <laughs> I'm so sorry! <laughs> I'm Molly from Long Island. <laughs> Now that Nephloid is dead, I'm going to activate my Brooklyn Rage. <laughs> <laughs> what if also we pull like a Digimon and like at the end a whole bunch of side characters become Sailor Scouts like in the series finale? Oh yeah. And like, oh, the, there's Molly. She's Sailor Brooklyn. <laughs> Sailor random asteroid in the belt. Yeah. Molly can be Sailor Chicxulub, the named after the crater from the KT extinction. <laughs> That's fucking mean. I think we're, we've gotten to the point where we're grasping at straws now. Yeah. So yeah. That's our reboot of Sailor Moon live action adaptation for the CW. Yes. Because let's face it, that's like the best channel for it. Yeah, I would say so. They... They know what they're doing with the superhero stuff, and Sailor Moon is a superhero show. Like, it's Magical yeah. Girls, but it's superhero. Yeah. Magical Girls, let's just call it a subgenre of superheroes. Yeah. Like, yeah. For sure. Alright. Um, I think, no, we've gone through everything we could possibly add to this. We've addressed every yeah. single thing we could. Um, but if you guys have anything you would like to add to this Sailor Moon reboot, or any comments or critiques for it, you can send us an email about it at notifyrebootyoufirst at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us through N-I-I-R-Y-F on Twitter. So that's at N-I-I-R-Y-F. Yes, obviously. It's a Twitter handle. Yeah. Of course it has an at. Um, yes, and, and that, that's the initials to the show. And it's also pronounced Nyarev. Nyarlathotep. Exactly. Lindsay, where can you follow yourself and others through <laughs> hang on no one no again <laughs> Lindsay where can people find you on the internet I'm at Lindsay M476 so that's Lindsay spelled AY and that's where you can get to all of my other internet bullshits and Tanner where can they find you I'll I'll tell you where they can find me they can find me on Twitter at Sparky Upstart and that's it that's all I feel like okay. stating today. Cool. If, if you follow me long enough, you'll find my other stuff through osmosis. Yeah. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Tanner. Do you want a hint for next week's topic? Sure thing. Cinnamon Bunza! Ha 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 
And I'll leave you with that. Bye, everybody. Bye! Yeah, I was thinking with, um, oh, my armpits do not look good. <laughs> oh, good thing this is an audio medium. Yeah. Um, Everyone's armpits look great in a podcast. <laughs>